Picture this. Your mom sends you chocolates for Valentine's Day. Yeah, she does it because she loves you, but deep down you know she's sending you gifts because you are utterly and completely single. Another Valentine's Day, another value pack of Reese's peanut butter cups that will likely be depleted by February 15th. Traditionally, Valentine's Day is represented by chocolate-covered strawberries, extravagant bouquets of flowers, and dinner reservations at five-star restaurants. However, in an era where dating and hookup culture is arguably the opposite of romantic, perhaps Valentine's Day is on the verge of becoming irrelevant. Recent studies show that the majority of Generation Z disregards Valentine's Day completely, which can be attributed to the horrors of dating. Dating is awkward. Dating is unconventional. Dating is hard. We have seemingly infinite options due to dating apps like Hinge, Tinder, and Bumble, yet we often leave these apps feeling unsatisfied. In 2019, roughly half of Americans reported that their experiences with online dating left them feeling frustrated, according to Pew Research Center. The concept of infinite options is a double-edged sword. While we have the ability to endlessly peruse the profiles of those within a desired age range or neighborhood, we are constantly seeking something better. However, we are seldom met with fulfillment. Odd, isn't it? Nowadays, the trials and tribulations of love can be messy, and we're laying it all out on the table to dissect the perceptions of dating and hookup culture in the eyes of Generation Z. Has the concept of dating become obsolete? How do we navigate hookup culture? Why do we behave the way we do? And more importantly, are we content with our habits? My name is Megan Baumgartner, and this is The Pod by Gen Z. Hey listeners, I'm Natalie Bentendorf. I'm a contributor to Gen Zine, and I'm super excited to be on the special episode of the Gen Zine podcast for Valentine's Day. Megan's here with me, and we're actually going to be chatting about this question of do people date anymore? Megan and I were on the phone planning for this episode, and we were chatting just about what we were going to talk about in the segment, right? And I just think that there was this natural flow into our conversation about our own experiences with dating, what our romantic endeavors have been in college and in high school and how they've formed us. And so I personally, Megan, found our conversation really therapeutic and we hadn't talked about that kind of stuff before. Boyfriends, breakup, heartbreak, all that. I talk about this with like my friends and even my family sometimes, but I think it's really nice to air out the past, especially the past as it concerns relationships, because ultimately I think it helps you find solace in who you are at that current moment. It's really nice talking to you and talking to other people and realizing that when it comes to dating and relationships, we are all having this collective experience surrounding dating and relationships. And simply put, relationships and dating are really, really difficult. Yeah. I mean, something that I think about and when I'm actually helping friends through breakups and I really think about, you know, who we were in high school and why sometimes having crushes on people or dating people can feel like make it or break it. Like it's the end of the world getting dumped or it's the end of the world, right? When you feel like this unrequited crush on someone and you are not, you don't feel like you are getting this appreciation for who you are, but also having this deep insecurity, right? And that's all the stuff that happens with adolescents. But I think the thing that it comes down to and what we are starting to realize in college and in our generation that coming to the age of your early 20s, 
so much of the way that we view romantic relationships is affected by chemicals in our brain. It's, it's just very nice to put into perspective why things can feel so heavy, right? When you are entering a relationship with someone or you want to be in a relationship with someone and why when you're on kind of that teetering on that bridge of like, is this going to turn into something, right? It's so exciting to be on that journey with someone, but also know that it can be cut short at any time, right? And for our generation with things that are so immediate and snappy, you're swiping on Tinder, you're swiping on all the, these dating apps that are instant gratification, but the gratification of being in a relationship is so far down the line and something that actually is not an end goal, but something that you're working towards with someone that I think we forget that because it's so quick. Does that make sense? No, it absolutely makes sense. And I think I want to speak to a couple things. I think kind of yeah. the point that I want to get across is the fact that ideally in a relationship, what I'm looking for, and I'm sure what you're looking for too, is a healthy relationship where I can grow with somebody. And I think nowadays with the influence of dating apps, with the influence of the media, A, we have extraordinarily high expectations. We see these right. beautiful relationships happen in movies. We see celebrities yep. engage in relationships through the media. And as a result, we have these unrealistic expectations surrounding relationships. I think we anticipate more than what actually happens, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then also at the same time, I think that there's this constant pursuit of something better, especially yeah. with the influence of dating apps. Like you go on a dating app, you have the ability to select what ethnicity you're looking for, what religion you're looking for, even what the yeah. person's height is. And you're swiping through these people that you've essentially curated, but every single time you're like, yeah, this guy's hot, but what if I find something better? You know what I mean? Right. Yep that kind of speaks to the fact that there's not as much fulfillment in dating today. And I think yeah. before we get into like the topic of dating, I think it's important to define what dating means. Like Natalie, what yeah. does dating mean to you? And what are kind of the distinctions between dating, being exclusive, being in a relationship? Like what does it all yep. mean to you? I think that that's essential when we ask this question of do people date anymore? Because we have to look at what the word dating means. I think in older, more mature relationships, you can see dating as two things. When an adult says that they're dating, I've noticed that it actually means that you're seeing multiple people. You're dating around. Dating means that you are maybe going and getting drinks with someone and then the next day you're getting lunch with someone and you're kind of setting up these different times to meet up with people and that you're not seeing someone consistently. You can say, I'm dating this person, but I'm also dating this other person. And, you know, depending on your personal preferences, you can be dating like five people at once, which I think is interesting in our own experiences, because I know that in high school and in college too, if you're dating someone and you say like, Megan, I'm dating this guy, you would assume that I'm seeing one person. So I kind of have this question of what that term has evolved into or what it has become. So I'll say that about that. But I think the trickier one is like relation, like what is a relationship? So I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? So I associate dating and its technical term to be that you're dating around, like you're seeing other people. But I think the way that our generation and potentially the generations before us have branded it as you're dating somebody and therefore you're in a relationship and you're exclusive. Right. Like I feel like there are all these connotations that inevitably come with it as a result of the way that we've kind of formed it. But it's interesting because I think about my parents' generation and obviously much more traditional, they dated to marry. 
that was the ultimate end goal. And I think for us, dating is about experience and meeting new people and figuring out what you like. And I can say with my very few personal experiences that even though dating isn't my favorite, I've learned a lot about myself by engaging with it. And I'm really grateful for that because I feel like it's given me a chance to get to know myself as well. Yes, I I would agree with that. I think that the kind of the more serious from, you know, I'm dating this person is going into I'm in a relationship with this person. And that's more of a mutual understanding where dating like hookups, right? Like hooking up with someone is very purposefully ambiguous. So is dating. And I think that's what the case is for young people because, and maybe this goes into your point, which I want you to talk more about is that you don't like dating. Megan, tell me why you don't like dating. So my, my thing with dating is that I think there are always expectations involved, specifically expectations for how the end of the date is going to go. Who's going to pay, whether you're going to kiss, whether you guys are going to hook up afterward. There are so many different expectations from either one party or both that I think it kind of makes things get a bit messy. And for me personally, it makes me get really awkward because ultimately what I'm only thinking about is what the guy is going to expect from me at the end of it. As a result of that, I actually just kind of try to avoid dating altogether. Um, Luckily, I grew up in a household where I was just taught to be really content by myself. I'm really thankful that I've gotten the chance to cultivate my independence know who I am, know what I'm looking for and not jump at the first opportunity. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me too, when it comes to the idea of dating in college, particularly the thing that we also have to acknowledge is that we are two white, straight females at a Southern California private university. And so our view of what dating is at our age and in our generation is super, super, super narrow. But that being said, I just, I wanted to address that because obviously this is something that, you know, this, this question that we're trying to take on of like, do people date is that we can only speak for such, you know, a small percentage of, you know, what we are exposed to, right? What it also comes down to is something that I've witnessed a lot being at USC is noticing, you know, what this means when you're in this talking stage with someone, right? Mm -hmm. You're in a talking stage. And that's something that I remember trying to explain to my parents or people older than me and them being like, what is that? What do you mean you're talking? You talk to people all the time, right? To our generation, it's very specific. And um, what it means is that usually you're actually talking to this person, not in person, you're talking to them over social media. Also with like the proliferation of dating apps, it's inevitable that you ultimately meet somebody online. And as a result, and this is also why dating is kind of difficult for me is that I'm constantly worried about the persona that I put out via text and online versus what I give in person. I like to think that I'm the same person, but also the other party that I'm interacting with might not feel the same. Yeah, definitely. I, so some kind of for me, I'm currently in a relationship and almost have been for a year. And it was the kind of thing where I really came to this conclusion about like a little over a year ago that I was like, dating is not for me either. It's Mm -hmm. gotten really exhausting to be caught up in situationships in college where I have found that the guys are really unsure about what they want. And I'm sure about what I want, which is that I want something committed and I want something fulfilling. And I feel like a lot of my friends are actually very afraid of saying that. 
and being honest with themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of um, people are afraid of just saying and being upfront of what they're looking for. And I think that a lot of people, especially in this, the hookup culture that is USC, really comes down to this thing of that. It is cooler to seem like you just wanna hook up with people and you wanna be independent and you don't want to be tied down or committed because it makes you seem soft or weak. And so this idea of being in a relationship and dating, we are asking this question of do people date anymore because we go to a school where hooking up is like the very cool thing to do. A hundred percent. Am I right? I don't know. <laughs> I could not agree more. It seems like dating oftentimes is a competition of who can care less. Nobody yep. wants to ask the dreaded question of what are we? Because the person yep. who asks that is probably the one being played. And the person that's being asked that is yes. probably the player. There's the person playing the game and the person being played. And I think the yep. person that ends up showing their emotions, communicating how they're feeling is oftentimes the one that's probably getting played. What do you think of that statement? Do you think that, you know, it's full encompassing of what's happening here? Yeah, I think in our situations and like our experiences being at USC in particular, and the reason that I keep stating USC is that like we talked about, I have friends who go to different schools, different private universities, public universities, um, in different parts of the country, at least, who say that their school is less hookup culture and more that people are looking to get in relationships. Yeah. So I, it's interesting that it does depend on where you are. That being said, overall for Gen Z, I think that it is something to look at of, you know, who we are, um, you know, as a generation, how we view dating because of growing up on the internet and that being kind of the go-to for your romantic conquest, right? Like going on dating apps is definitely something that is always going to be something that we look back on our teens and 20s of how dating came about, right? And dating to marry being something that seems old fashioned. Also, what it comes down to is looking at, you know, where are these different, you know, views on how to find a relationship with someone shifting, especially like you said, in the pandemic. Because dating being a competition of who can care less is certainly true and something that I've seen at USC. I have found myself in situations where I have been seeing someone and not being sure if we're exclusive or not and kind of being like, well, the less that I text them and reach out to them, even if I have questions and confusions, like it is better that I am seeming independent and like I don't care about them so that I can be a part of the chase. And the thing with social media is you can do that so much more easily by posting, you know, yourself going out. If you're looking at someone's story or something, you're thinking about them, they're on your mind. So you're kind of trying to manipulate that. It's a game. It's a game. But, you know, I think that's something that I almost want to like really stress as well. And that you brought up too, is this idea that comes down to the lack of honesty and that ends in ghosting. And it's something I feel so strongly about Megan like I really really despise when people ghost each other in romantic scenarios As um, do I. and let's just lay down the line of what we're talking about here because ghosting is something that is it's not a new phenomenon it's maybe a newer term but it's not a new phenomenon mm -hmm. if someone is not upfront with their feelings about you or where that they where they want this to go and Maybe you went on a couple dates with them. Maybe you went on one date with them. Maybe you've been seeing them for months and you just 
do not hear from this person. Ghosting is this person has disappeared when you are potentially going to be romantically involved with them or already are, and they're just poof, right? And I think my stance on it is, as you can probably tell from my tone, very clear that I think it is really just showcasing how we our, our generation really lacks honesty in what we care about and saying that, you know, I really am not feeling this. And I'd like to think that it is about not hurting the other person's feelings, but I'm scared to say that it is more to do with the not caring. I'm guilty of ghosting and I'm also, Same. I've also experienced being I ghosted. The thing that's difficult about it all is that if you bring up your intentions at the beginning of the relationship or whatever it may be, you're being presumptuous. Like you don't want the other party to be like, oh, they might be getting the wrong idea. I don't want them to think that I want to date. Why are they telling me yeah. what their intentions are when we're just going to like go out to dinner? But then at the same time, if you leave a date feeling like you're not interested, it could be really difficult to let somebody know that you're not interested and that there wasn't a romantic connection. But regardless, I wish that we lived in a culture where laying it out on the table and being honest about your intentions occurred more. But then the issue with that kind of leads to this transactional nature of relationships right. as well. And one of my roommates talks about this and I think it's genius, but I've noticed that a lot of times there's a lack of respect in relationships. And as a result, you go in with an intention, whether it be to spend the night, whether it be to get a free dinner out of it, whatever it may be. But I've noticed that a lot of times relationships or dating specifically tends to be pretty transactional. Totally. I think the thing that gets tricky too of being friends with benefits with someone and just kind of subjecting yourself to that when you know that you want something more committed with this person is that you have this feeling of feeling like you can convince this person that you are hot enough, cool enough. And I previously mentioned too, I went through a period of my life where I saw a lot of validation through boys, but I think totally. that part of that validation stemmed from the transactional nature of relationships and also attempting to prove that you're worth it, whether it be you're cool enough, you're funny enough, you're pretty enough. And living in LA, that's really difficult. I love Los Angeles, but at the same time, I think in a lot of ways it can be kind of pretentious, kind of surface level. And I think that that reflects into the dating culture here as well, which makes it an extremely... Yeah unique experience to go to USC, experience dating and hookup culture, and also recognize the repercussions of it, whether it be to your mental health or to any other aspects of your life. Totally. I think about it in the context of the pandemic, like you said, this is probably the most time that a lot of us have been able to spend time alone. And especially for people our age and in this generation are thinking about you know, what their 20s are going to mean, because it's definitely starting out a lot differently than how we thought it was going to, right? And what that comes down to is there's a lot of loneliness, and there's a lot of self-reflection happening, whether you're comfortable with it or not. But I think and hope that what comes out of this time of being alone, and being away from the parties, being away from the shiny stuff, and the ability to go hook up with people or go on a ton of dates and kind of, you know, drown yourself in that. And that's all, honestly to not like degrade anyone who's doing that. I'm just saying that stepping away from the busyness of life and the busyness of dating and romantic relationships caught up with like the starting of your career in school is that it can get really overwhelming. And with the quiet, I think a lot of people are reevaluating what they want out of different facets of their life. And I think romantic relationships is a 
big part of that. And so it's been interesting to hear people's stories of where they're at with dating and relationships and how they view sex and love and all of that when they spend a lot of time alone, probably thinking about, you know, when I am able to go out in the world again, like, what am I, what am I going to promise to myself? And so I think this question of do people date anymore has to stem from this, like, question of concern of like, how honest are we being with ourselves? I think that this is, this is definitely the kind of time to reflect on like what you're looking for in love and relationships in the future and use this weekend to think about that. And I think that a lot of us are in that same boat. I want you to imagine how you felt as you entered college. What were you excited about? What made you feel uncertain? What were you dying to experience once you were no longer under the supervision of your parents? Of the many new and exciting experiences awaiting us at college, I'm sure dating and hookup culture were, and continue to be, one of the biggest enigmas of them all. In this segment, Mara Lauren chats with Tommy King and Griffin Jessup about their impressions of dating and hookup culture from the lens of college seniors. Hello. Happy Valentine's Day. My name is Mara Lauren. I'm a senior at USC. I am straight as far as I know, and my relationship experience on this campus has been predominantly single, but some complications in there, which we'll dive into maybe. Uh, my name's Griffin, um, and I am a senior at USC. I am an LGBTQ icon, and I have had a boyfriend in the past, so um, I have some expertise in that category, I guess you would say. Uh, and my name is Tommy. I am a senior at USC. And I am currently in a relationship, and I I dated around in college, and and have kind of finally settled. And are and you straight. straight? Okay, great. I'm Good. straight. Glad we cleared that up. All right. So our first question to the group is, what did you anticipate your college love life would look like over the four year span, and do you think it will look different after college? If so, how? I think coming into college, I really didn't have a lot of expectations. I was just, you know, I figured everyone was on an equal playing field, meaning, you know, no one knew anyone else. And so I was just excited to meet a lot of new people, uh, whether that be in relationships or just just regular friendships. Um, and so, you know, as my time at USC progressed, I kind of fell into the rhythm of um, social events and, and meeting people and hooking up with people and, and kind of just, just fell into the rhythm of USC life. And... Um, kind of did it mindlessly and it resulted in kind of an unhealthy balance of social life versus like romantic life. All right, we'll delve deeper into that. Griffin? Yeah, well, going into college, you know, obviously as a gay man, you know, you're not really expecting to find anything. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, slim pickings. Um, but, you know, I was really lucky to have a relationship in the past. Uh, awesome guy, you know, we had a great time. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm just so grateful for my experience just being in a fraternity and having a lot of supportive friends. You know, I had a lot of anxiety, obviously, uh, in terms of acceptance and people being understanding. And, you know, I was definitely pleasantly surprised at how receptive everyone was and how supported I felt, which was great. So uh, I think moving forward, it's definitely restored my faith in society where in a lot of ways, the school and some of the activities that go on are not necessarily great. I guess you would say so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I had no expectations and I came out 
um, with a lot of insight and great uh, experience moving forward. I would say from the straight female perspective, I think a lot of my friends and I entered college with the expectation that by senior year, we will have settled down, like monogamy will be the priority. And for the most part, I don't think that was anyone's experience, like true to the narrative of like kind of fucking around freshman, sophomore year and settling down junior, senior year. So yeah, I don't think my college love life met expectations, but it definitely challenged them in more productive and ways that that spurred more like independence um, as opposed to settling down with a partner. Next question. How much of your love life while at USC has been a product of your environment versus what you are actually seeking? Especially for me, my love life at USC was definitely a heavy product of, of my environment. And that's not to say that I didn't intentionally do the things that I did because, you know, I enjoyed hooking up with people and, and, and having fun. But I think, especially within Greek life, the culture kind of perpetuates a system of just random hookups with no strings attached. And, and that's great and fun uh, for a lot of people. And then for, for some people, you kind of realize how unfulfilling it is. Um, and that's kind of where I came to find myself after a few years of um, hooking up with people uh, with no strings attached and, and no emotional attachment. So I, I think it's a lot of it is the product of your environment, but I do think um, some people are able to step away from it. Yeah, that's a great observation. I mean, I have tons of friends, obviously. I'm in a fraternity. And, uh, you know, I've conditioned myself when going out to just not really expect anything. You know, I just have a fun time. Um, but, you know, I every event and everything that kind of goes into this whole system at USC is at the at its core about bringing a girl home or hooking up no matter how you cut it, whether it's an invite, a date dash, et cetera. So I definitely think it's really interesting just being a kind of silent bystander and just being able to observe everything with a different perspective. And I definitely agree with everything you said for sure. Yeah, I feel like the environment's definitely working against you if you are seeking a monogamous relationship because if you're meeting someone strictly in a drunken setting, like I am not my best self, find me at a yoga class. That is my best self. Like when we meet each other at these <laughs> drunken late night things, like you're not, even if you were the right person for each other because of our environment, that might not even be made clear to you because you're just so caught up in what Griffin was saying. Like you're bringing someone home. It's about the like lack of emotional attachment. And at least for me, I, that isn't necessarily what I was actually seeking. Like I actually sought emotional connection. I think the three of us by the time senior year are like all around that wavelength. But yeah, I would say the environment for the most part works against you almost entirely at USC. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I fell into that pattern and just didn't question it. It was just me mindlessly going through the motion. It took me having to remove myself from it. I guess it was forcibly, but because of COVID to, to really understand that, wow, that was very unfulfilling to me. Yeah, but I think that all, the challenge also is, is that our environment is so dope. Like if we want to have it all, we absolutely can. Like you can have a full-time mm -hmm. job in a super relevant company and go to really great parties and really great restaurants and have so many unique, diverse friends. It's like, there are so many things to occupy yourself with besides relationship. So it feels like not a waste of time, but it's almost like one or the other. Like you either are right. in a monogamous relationship and you're working on that or you're doing everything else. And like balancing the two, I think college students have a really, really challenging time with. So it's kind of yeah. what you were saying. It's like, fuck the environment because we can't be in relationships, but also like, fuck, yes, the environment. Uh, like, <laughs> it's only four years. I don't want to make sacrifices. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, 
USC is such a special place because you can have everything you want. And if you want a relationship, great for you. And if you, you know, want to fuck around and, and have a lot of fun, perfect. Why has college become the four years to fuck around? On like a very basic level, we come into college and we're so young and we don't know anything. We don't know what we want in a person, you know, and we're coming out of high school where we had all these rules and standards. And so we get to college and we're like, let's just go crazy and let's just have so much fun and, and hook up with whoever we want and not get in trouble for it. And uh, I mean, shit, it's a blast. Yeah, I think it is a blast. And but it's a blast for like freshman and sophomore year and then junior yeah. year you go abroad and I think everyone matures mm-hmm. so much and then you come back and it's like fuck I'm kind of looking for something more fulfilling but we're yeah. stuck in our old ways almost like I feel like we're ready for something more serious but while still being in this environment it's almost like a trap it's like fuck what? yeah no I completely agree Mara that's definitely so true and I think that in terms of fucking around for four years and having to remove yourself from a system that kind of perpetuates these kind of behaviors, definitely the pandemic, there's a silver lining because I think that it disrupted a lot of what we thought was normal and what we thought we were just going to go ahead and do mindlessly. And for me personally, I know just having everything stable or things that I believed in being altered and I'm losing faith in a lot of institutions, I think it really allowed for a focal point to just really start working on myself and kind of getting out of these toxic systems that were kind of not really allowing me to grow in the first place. Snaps. Snaps. If that, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect yeah. sense. Totally. I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. I was very similar situation going through it mindlessly and, and just not really caring about the people that I was getting with, which was bad. And I just started treating people really horribly and it took getting forcibly removed from that going abroad and then having uh, the pandemic. And it, like you said, Griffin, allowed me to focus so much on myself, the things I like to do, my personal passions. And then, you know, I ended up finding a, a great person to start a relationship with that also aligns with, you know, all the interests I have. Yeah. And I don't think I would have found that having not been removed from the situation. Yeah, I think it took you being out of the environment to really make that transition. And I think it's kind of unfortunate because USC has some of the dopest people ever. And like, we're not able to necessarily reap the benefits of that. Because mm-hmm. we're so caught up in this, this society that we've built, again, for its pros and cons. Okay, and that kind of bleeds into our next question, which is how and why do we treat our romantic and sexual partners worse than our friends until one day this shift happens where we don't? It's as shitty as it sounds to say. You're just, you're getting with a, a body. You know I know, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's no emotion attached to it. There's no, there's no, you know, you're not looking to like please them emotionally. Yeah, it's just you're looking to have physical fun, and then once that's over, it's like okay, get out of my space. I'll but like, I think that's where it comes down to like you can't totally group this of like guys and girls, but it's definitely easier for you guys to just be like, yep, this means nothing. I got off, had a good night. Like I think as females, I will speak to our to my gender and say that we're a bit more complicated sexually. And so, like, your partner has to care about your pleasure for it to be a pleasurable experience, on average. And so, (laughs) and who wants to have shitty sex? Like, so many people are going through four years of just, like, really not even having satisfying, like, when we get down to it, if a one-night stand is about the sex, and then the sex isn't even satisfying, and you had no emotional connection, fuck, you really just wasted a few hours. Yeah, and I can definitely speak to that, just having equally amount of girl and guy friends and both hearing both sides of that post hookup perspective. And it's 
really evident that girls are a lot more emotionally intelligent, overthink the situation, and not necessarily, I think overthink's a bad word. I think that guys underthink the situation. And yeah. it just creates this really odd dynamic where you have girls perpetually feeling bad about situations. And quite frankly, I mean, I, I, I can't say that they're having the same self-reflection about everything. You know, it's kind of just move on, move forward, and everyone else gets left in the dust. It's really fascinating to see how the system affects two different people from a very, like, insider's perspective that I have. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think that's right, inherently right. wrong. Like, I think it just goes back to the mindset of, like, why did college become the four years to fuck around? Like, it's mm-hmm. totally fine if that is a guy's perspective and that is their desire. Like, if they want to spend four years fucking around, I would never want someone to resent me. None of my girlfriends would want to be with a guy that resents them for trying to, like, lock it down. And that's where this notion of, like, every girl's trying to cuff you, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not necessarily true. Like, yeah. I, I think, and we also yeah. fall back to that narrative so quickly, so easily, mm-hmm. where, like, even if the guy had a good time, they're like, yeah, she's fine, but... She's going to think I want a relationship. And then they're like, bye. I I hear my guy friends (laughs) talk about that all the time. And it's like you prematurely dismiss someone that you could have developed an emotional connection with. And that sucks. I just know for me, I I was just incredibly shallow. You know, (laughs) I I really. Speak your truth. I was. And I, for me, it was like, okay, I, I can go out and I can meet someone random and bring them home. And if we start talking, great. But then I was like, I was looking for excuses to move on from someone. Yeah. You know, and it could have been the smallest thing ever. But I just wanted to just like keep having fun and meet, keep reading, meeting random people and, and keep having random sex with people. You know? Yeah. And I think that's and, where it and, goes into like, sorry, finish. Were you? And, and I was just going to say, um, you know, I, I had never really had like a, a, a serious relationship in the past. And so I, I didn't really understand like you know, how much better the relationship would be like physically when there's emotion attached to it and when you actually care about the person. Mm, Say it louder for the ones in the back, Tommy. (laughs) I think that goes back to like Griff and I had a conversation of like abundance versus scarcity mindset and like where that changes based on your sexual orientation. I don't know if you want to speak more to that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What I said yesterday was just that I feel like straight people especially in this college environment have an abundance mindset where because there's so many girls and there's so many opportunities to get with girls they have a completely different perception on the situation and i feel as though gay men and lesbians we're just by the numbers you know we're a minority there's really not a lot of us (laughs) so we have definitely more of a scarcity mindset where we were deprived of a lot of these flings and relationships in the past and I think it manifests into this desire to have something more wholesome. And and I think that's an interesting juxtaposition, just being surrounded by people that don't have that same perspective and aren't actively even thinking about questioning their own mindset. I think in a way, kind of having that scarcity, I'm sure it, it just, it makes you mature so much faster because you're, you're not surrounded by, you know, people that are perpetuating your, your unhealthy cycles of you just, just getting with random people, you know, you're yeah. right. having and, to grow yourself and yeah. And what you said, Tommy, of like looking for reasons to end it with someone. And I think I look at my older sister, I look at my older cousins, like constantly grappling at reasons to not be with some is no, it does not, that's not an issue. Like when we graduate, it's like, um, I mean, he's totally unemployed and never leaves the couch and doesn't have a gym membership <laughs> and um, uh, probably will live in a basement forever. But like, he's hot, right? Like, it just changes. It's like, there no longer is this abundance mindset when you graduate. And then you look back on four years and it's like, fuck, I wasted access to such 
incredible human beings. Yeah. Like truly. Yeah. And, and that kind of gets us into our next question is, are people even fulfilled by this lifestyle? And is that properly setting us up for healthy, meaningful romantic relationships down the road. I I think I definitely was not fulfilled by the lifestyle and it took me several years to to, to realize that. You know, it, like we said before, it took me getting removed from the, the arena for me to actually understand like, oh my gosh, that was so unhealthy, so unfulfilling. And I think it's because I just wasn't thinking for myself. I was just going through the motions because that's what everyone else was doing. And once I got removed from it, I, I thought for myself for once and developed my own passions and interests and figured out what I wanted to do. And, and once I did that, uh, figured out the people I wanted to do it with. Yeah. Um, and that is so much more fulfilling than just kind of mindlessly going through the cycles. Absolutely. I feel like whether we're prepared or not for meaningful and healthy relationships down the road, I think USC prepares you like in its lack of monogamy in the sense that I feel like I've developed a really strong sense of independence and like I don't mm-hmm. really like rely on someone too heavily and I've really had a lot of time for self-exploration and growth and I look at a lot of my friends who have stayed single and I think the same way like there is some detriment to spending too much time in a relationship in college because it doesn't need to be the four years to fuck around but I also don't think it should be the four years where you build your life around another person instead of really like tuning inward working on yourself exploring all there is to learn in college so it's kind of like a fine line and a balance that we're not finding as a student body yeah, I don't think you're going to find someone that you love uh, and find someone that you really appreciate until you can love and appreciate yourself. Mm. Love that. And for people like you, Mar, I think, you know, you've been able to do that so incredibly well. And same with Anushka and, and a lot of our friends. Um, so, but I also think a lot of our friends haven't done that. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting interesting to see what happens after college. And I think after college, it's 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 kind of like the looking for reasons to dismiss someone versus looking to reasons to justify why to be with why you would want to be with them. Like when I graduate, I'm still 22 years old. Like all that changes is a diploma in hand and the mindset radically shifts. It goes from like fucking around. I want to be single. It's so important to me. Prioritize friendships, prioritize fun to like going to the family function. It's like, why aren't you seeing someone? Why aren't you moving in with your significant other that doesn't exist? And it's because two weeks ago before I had this fucking diploma in hand, it was more normal to sleep with someone and then never talk to them again. So it's like yeah. the expectations as soon as we graduate and the narrative around relationships radically shifts, but I don't think we are equipping ourselves with the tools and interpersonal skills to just immediately be good at that. I don't think four years at this institution trained a lot of us for what awaits on the other side of graduation. Yeah. Tommy, I also like what you said about self-love and I think that's a completely different Talk in and of itself is just the relationship between insecurity, self-love and drinking culture and how I just, Mm. I think that a lot of situations aren't, there's just not a lot of room for that when you're mindlessly going through these motions and um, just kind of drinking a lot. And I obviously, I think party culture and maturity and self-love are all interconnected. And hey, not to say that, you know, you can't have a good time. I mean, trust me, I've had plenty of fun, but um, yeah, I just think that it's, pretty interesting i think it's exactly what we've all said it's like we've choosing when to prioritize yourself when to focus on yourself when to not be in a relationship when to party it's like we we go one or the other it's relationship or friends it's partying or relationship and it's like we probably could do a better job of finding a balance definitely there's a lot of extremes at usc yeah for sure i think once we're able to balance it we're able to 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 have self-love and everything else
Okay, signing off from the used to be fuckboy, the girl that has to deal with fuckboys, and the strange in between, which is me. Happy Valentine's Day! Woo woo! I understand that Valentine's Day comes with mixed emotions. Some may feel excited to shower their partner with gifts, and others may cringe at the sight of red and pink hearts. Regardless of whether you're celebrating or not, I urge you to spread love. In the end, Valentine's Day is just another day, and we should not limit ourselves to expressing love and appreciation only a single day out of the year. Whether you're spending time with friends, going on a date, or taking the day to reflect, let's love ourselves and each other as much as we possibly can.